Hello and welcome back to Deconstructing the Bible. I'm Jason Steffenhagen, the Associate Minister at The Well, at Methodist Church in Rosemont, Minnesota. And we are almost at Christmas. So it's about time we wrap up our series on Advent with a conversation about peace. Now before we dive into the word peace and how it's maybe used throughout Scripture, let me just start off by saying I have always heard in different iterations of my life, different moments in my life, different settings of my life, that we just need to get back to the garden. If only things were like they were in the garden, then it would be better. And there's kind of this thing within Christianity that says if we could just get back to the garden where things were perfect and there was no messing up and everything was in harmony, then, then that's what God desires. Then we would be one. Then, then, then. It's always then. And it's this desire to return to the garden. A couple thoughts on that. Number one, the garden is beautiful. Love Genesis chapters one and two. Love the idea of naming all the animals and creation and the beauty of it all and it all being provided and God being present, and Adam and Eve interacting with God and all of that. But apparently there was still the presence of temptation, the presence of pride, a presence of a desire to do life without God. That happened in the garden, not out of the garden, not when they decide to go for a hike away from the garden, that happened in the garden. So when we all talk about wanting to get back to the garden, we have to ask ourselves, well, back to what? Back to a place where it's perfect? Because it may have seemed perfect, but stuff happens in the garden. And so I think we have to ask ourselves, what do we really want to return to? Because if you notice the trajectory of Scripture, it's not that the book and the Bible and it all caps off with a return to the garden. You know, the same imagery is used in Revelation in describing a similar setting. There's a tree of life. There's river flowing. There's the nations all around. And you get this sense that the author of Revelation is kind of painting a similar picture, but yet they're found in a city and there's multiple people groups and there's one tree, and it's this fascinating picture of development and growth and newness. And so I think for me, the question has become, are we just wanting to get back to a place of perfection? Can we get back to a place of perfection? Or do we need to get to something different? You know, I was having a conversation with my friend Stephanie Spencer not too long ago, and she pointed out that the word shalom, which is often translated as peace, is not used in the opening chapters of Genesis. Because the word shalom, which I've quickly translated as peace, justice, whole relationship with God, others, ourselves, and all of creation, this idea that there's this healthy, holistic idea of what it means to be human in relation to what God is up to and what God is asking us to participate in. That's what shalom is meant to be. 
And my friend Stephanie Spencer pointed out that shalom doesn't occur in Genesis chapters 1 and 2 and 3. It actually comes much later. And an interesting spot that it comes about, and I spoke about this at church a few months ago, is in the book of Nehemiah when they are rebuilding the walls. And the word is actually translated complete. And so you have this word shalom that means peace or justice, whole relationship, completeness. Well, what is it completing? It's completing the renewal, the restoration, the restarting of the nation of Israel. It's rebuilding the walls. So there was brokenness. There were ashes. There was the destruction of the temple, the destruction of the city. And now when it becomes completed, we have shalom. Somehow, brokenness is embedded in the pursuit or in the endeavor of shalom. I jokingly said at one point, we need to get to shaloming, right? We need to turn it from a noun into a verb. And what's interesting is that all Hebrew words go back to verbs. So I need to do some research there and find out what is the uh, verb at the root of shalom. But for our sake, let's just say we need to get about the business of shaloming of bringing about wholeness and restoration and justice and peace. And, and that's where this idea of peace needs to become a more dynamic word because so often in our society, peace is just the absence of violence or peace is about a, a lack of tension. And so peace is this kind of pursuit of the garden, right? Because we think the garden is a place without tension. And so we want to get back to the garden, back to peace. And I think that's where we really miss out is that peace, shalom, justice, wholeness is about the incorporation of brokenness. You know, the New Testament authors from Paul to the Gospels have so much to say about peace. It's, it's one of those words that keeps coming up over and over and over. I mean, 2 Corinthians 13, 11, Finally, brothers and sisters, rejoice. Strive for full restoration. Encourage one another. Be of one mind. Live in peace. And the God of love and peace will be with you. I mean, think of that. Strive for full restoration. Encourage one another. So a broken community, a community with tension, is seeking restoration and encouraging oneness of mind, encouraging one another, living in peace, a peace that has overcome challenges and brokenness. First Peter 3.11, they must turn from evil and do good. They must seek peace and pursue it. I mean, there's evil and they must turn to the good and pursue peace. Philippians four, six through seven. Do not be anxious about anything. Apparently there's something to be anxious about, but in every situation by prayer and petition with thanksgiving, present your request to God and the peace of God, which transcends all understanding will guard your hearts and minds in Christ Jesus. Each of these verses so far is incorporating a level of tension. There's something going on. Psalm 4.8, in peace, I will lie down and sleep for you alone, Lord, make me dwell in safety. Apparently, there's something that is causing fear in Christ and God and the Lord is 
providing peace. I think we have to recognize that the beginning of our story might not be perfect. The beginning of our story may actually be one of tension. And that's maybe what it means to be human, is a person in tension, a person in the midst of conflict, a person in the midst of choice. What does it mean to choose peace? What does it mean to pursue peace? What does it mean to be a person who longs for and works towards peace? You know, in her amazing book, Dear White Peacemakers, Oshita Moore, shalom is the deep abiding peace we experience when we know we're right in the palm of God's hands, and shalom is the fire in our belly to defend those on the margins. Shalom is the culture of the kingdom of God, and Jesus, through his life and ministry, taught us how to express this culture in a world of great violence and division. I mean, embedded in Oshita Moore's definition of peace and of shalom is the recognition that there is something we have to do because of the violence and division among us, that shalom is the seeking of restoration of these relationships. This is the shalom of God to move towards peace, to move towards restoration. You know, in the biblical narrative of the birth story of Jesus, the angels arrive to shepherds. And it says this in verse 13, suddenly the angel was joined by a vast host of others, the armies of heaven praising God and saying, now verse 14 of chapter 2, glory to God in highest heaven and peace on earth to those with whom God is pleased. When the angels had returned to heaven, the shepherds said to each other, let's go to Bethlehem. Let's see this thing that has happened, which the Lord has told us about. Glory to God in highest heaven and peace on earth. Now, it's interesting that the angels show up to shepherds. And I think the reason why it's interesting is because shepherds are maybe not what we think they are. Shepherds are actually kind of lowest on the societal ladder. They're the ones who were sent out to work with the sheep because the rest in society didn't want them around. Now, they may have gotten in trouble. They may have done some things that were bad. They may even be criminals. And their punishment is to go work with the sheep. Why? Because sheep stink. They're gross. You have to sleep outside in order to keep them safe. You have to put yourselves in harm's way from the wolves or the other animals around that may try to get the flock. And sheep are dumb. You have to constantly be on edge around the sheep. They may wander off. They may go astray. And so you would not want to be a shepherd. Now, there are other spaces and places where we look at shepherds and and maybe there are some things about being a shepherd. Like when we look at the life of David, we say, look at all the characteristics of a great shepherd. And yes, we should learn from that. Even Jesus is called the shepherd of his people. But in the actual historical understanding of a shepherd at this time, they were not highly esteemed. They stunk. They had a hard, difficult job. They were usually the ones who were outcast. And now, and now the angels are arriving. 
the angels are proclaiming the greatest news in human history to the most outside group of people in that area, the shepherds. Glory to God in highest heaven and peace on earth to those with whom God is pleased. Who else is around for God to be pleased with but the shepherds? They weren't standing in a crowd of people. They weren't, you know, they weren't looking at themselves going, well, they can't be talking to us. Those angels must be talking to people behind us or in front of us or beside us. No, they're the only ones around. It's them and the sheep. And the angels weren't talking to the sheep. They're talking to the shepherds. God is pleased with the outsider, the outcast, the downtrodden, the marginalized, the oppressed. God is on the side of those who society is rejecting and brings peace, peace on earth to those with whom God is pleased. Peace, wholeness, right relationship, justice. God wants to bring about restoration and healing and renewal in that place and wants to do it with the shepherds. And here's the thing, if God can do it with the shepherds, then God can do it with anybody. That's the magic of God coming to the shepherds first. That's why this announcement by the angels is so powerful because if the shepherds are invited, then guess who else is invited? Everybody. We are all invited to peace on earth because God has favor with us. God is on our side. God is with us. Emmanuel, God with us. And peace is what is being brought shalom, healthy, whole relationship, not getting back to a place of perfection, but moving towards a place of reconciliation. So what does that look like in your life? What does it look like to embrace the complicatedness and the tension that you've experienced and to say, I want to move towards wholeness in this new year? Maybe that's what needs to be birthed in you. Maybe that's what Christ is calling to come forth in your life is the bringing about of peace and justice. Maybe it's about participating in the justice of our world that needs to happen for different communities of people and for our country is how do we move towards restoration, reconciliation, and renewal? How do we participate in a dialogue that seems so polarized but needs to be brought back to the table where we can break bread together, be brothers and sisters together, and actually move towards glory together. How can you show up in that space in this time? What if God is announcing this to you? Glory to God in highest heaven and peace on earth to you with whom God is pleased. How are you participating? in the birth of Christ? How are you participating in the renewal of all things? How are you a person of peace? Thanks again for joining us for Deconstructing the Bible. I hope you've enjoyed these Advent episodes. And we're going to take a little bit of a break in this podcast to kind of regroup and re-energize for the next season, which will start at the beginning of February. So thanks for joining us these past two seasons, this fall and this Advent season. We are grateful for all those who have been so committed. We encourage you 
to subscribe, to like, to review, to share these episodes so that we can continue to expose others to this as we continue to grow uh, what we're trying to do through this podcast. Thanks again for your commitment. Thanks again for being willing to join the conversation. And if you have any ideas, don't hesitate to reach out as we plan ahead. Thanks again.